everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's Minute 81, the second, because uh-huh. this is this week is another re-record, but it's the last re-record. It's the last so re-record. So there was... 71 to 75 and 81 to 85 are re-records because of my computer issues. Uh-huh. But we are at minute 81. Yes. It begins with the party breaking up. And I have it going through Denise saying it gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see the party breaking up and then we cut to the backyard. Yes. Where there are four cops, count them, one, two, three, four, uh, looking at a... What can only be described on their faces as a grisly scene of violence and gore. Yes. Let's 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 meet them and then we'll we'll take a look at what they're looking at. Sure. Uh, cop number one, who is the cop that we're going to see later, so it's good that they called him cop number one. Mm-hmm. Um, his name, the actor's name is Rennie Santoni. Mm-hmm. Um, his top three: he was Gonzalez in Cobra, uh, which is a gritty Sly Stallone cop movie. He was Chico in Dirty Harry, which is a gritty Clint Clint Eastwood cop movie. (laughs) Okay. And he was rat number one in Dr. Doolittle. So his career has been pretty much the same role over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also rat number two. Except that in one, he was a voiceover. Right. Chico in Dirty Harry. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. He was rat number two in Dr. Doolittle 2. Oh, okay. So he's he got basically demoted. rat number X. Right, exactly. Um, he played Poppy in four episodes of Seinfeld. And my note says, and I believe that is a character that people know. Um, I don't personally watch Seinfeld, but I know him by reputation of Poppy being something that is a thing. He was in the Dangerous Minds TV show, as were most of the adults in this movie. Um, he was... Uh, a police officer in the Brady Bunch movie. He was uncredited in that, but he had a great role near the end uh, where cops are involved. Uh, he was a cop in the Lee Harvey Oswald uh, episode of Ca- Quantum Leap, which was actually a double uh, episode season finale. Uh, he was on one episode of Miami Vice, so perhaps uh, Kenny and Denise could have watched him on Miami Vice. He was in four episodes of Hill Street Blues because that's my 2020 uh, is Hill Street Blues refs. Uh, He has been a cop in a lot of movies. Yeah. And he was Daniel in 28 Days, which ties into what I will say in just a little bit. Okay. Um, His trivia, he briefly played professional baseball and originally planned on being a sports journalist. Oh, okay. So that is cop number one. Cop number two is a guy named Rob Roy Fitzgerald. Uh, He is the white cop. Uh, in of the four, uh, his top three. He was a CIA agent in Three Days to Kill, a plainclothes cop in Thelma and Louise, and this is his his third uh, top of the top three. He has okay. played a cop, but not in as many things and not for as long as Rennie Santoni. Okay. Uh, he did voice work on one episode of Gary the Rat, where a big city lawyer awakens one morning to discru- discover that he has been transformed into a rat. Um, okay. Two things. So both of the cops we've talked about so far have been cops and rats. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I uh, structured that parenthetical in the form of the first sentence of uh, the Metamorphosis, which is fun. Oh, it's fun to discover that uh, Kafka ref in my parenthetical. Can't hardly wait minute notes. Yes, uh, that I that forgot was I did. Entirely <laughs> intentional, I'm sure. I put about fifty fifty odds on it being intentional. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yep, no, that actually tracks. <laughs> Uh, this guy played uh, football for the University of Missouri, so the trivia is wearing thin. Um, then our third cop is the woman cop. Her name is Corinne Riley. Uh, she was a rep- Corinne. Sorry, uh, Riley. I help myself. Yeah, yeah, Riley. absolutely. Corinne Riley. <laughs> that's that's how she preferred to be addressed. Only Seth Green was allowed to talk to her. I feel um, like I'm doing a Jason on the Good Place bit. As I say that name like that. <laughs> Corinne Riley Bortles was born in. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, she was a reporter in Legally Blonde. Uh, this is her number two uh, movie. And then she was a Delta New sister in Legally Blonde 2. Okay. Um, she was in Josie and the Pussycats and American Wedding. All right. Uh, she was Vanessa in 28 Days. Okay. Which, as you recall, Renny Santoni was Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, also in 28 Days, Azura Sky, who was Jane in Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane. And I believe that we've gotten everyone except for Jack. So far, yes. And Jack was in something that I had seen recently or have seen in the past or whatever, where I was like, oh, he played Jack. Okay. But I don't remember what it was. Okay. And that's all the credited people uh, that are on IMDb with any credits at all or any mention or anything. And now you might be saying, hey, James, didn't you say there were four cops? And yes, listener, I did. Um, There's a black cop, presumably Mm -hmm. cop number four. And I think we can move on because there was no IMDb, no name given, no nothing. He gets nothing. Yeah. So great. All right. So, uh. Those are our cops. Um, so we're back at them looking at the grisly crime scene. Um, and it's William and Mike in the state that the two X-Files have left them in. Yeah, which is not anything. Like the cop yeah. says something to the cop. One says something to the effect of these sickos. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, they're... Basically, what happened was the X-Files took off their pants and William's shirt and then threw some random stuff at them. Yeah, basically. I mean, there's nothing. Honestly, it looks like a staged scene. Right. It doesn't look like none of the stuff that's been thrown around is anything you would even use in your average teenage sexual activity. Correct. I'm not going to say it's not anything that would ever be used in sexual activity because there's you know. something for everyone. Sure. But like your average teenage hookup is not going to involve a rubber squid. Right. Hostess snowballs. Right. And it, and therefore Latex it's, it's gloves. Like it's the uh believable a magnifying glass. of a of a bunch of people that don't know uh what sex is. Right. Which is cool. Which is, you know, well done. Right. And you would think like that Lord the Lord. cops would look at this and just roll their eyes and right. book these two clearly wasted out of their minds, passed out right. teenagers. Hey, you know what I found out? What? Um, there's a mostly, um, we were watching Queen's Gambit, which is uh, quite enjoyable. So we were looking up what legal drinking age, when it changed to 21 and all of that and that uh kristen and i were because we do that kind of research um during movies sure so we i found out that basically in most states you can as a 
you know, under the age of, of 21, you can drink in your home with parental consent and your parents can't, like if cops busted in, in most states, you could be having a beer with your dad at 16 and they couldn't do anything because it's not illegal. Really? Yeah. Is Virginia one of those states? Virginia has no consumption. They have purchasing accept- age requirements, but no consumption age requirements. Interesting. So that that sounds like if someone else buys you an alcoholic beverage when you are 16 and out at a restaurant. Right. You. It has. Well, it has to be non. A lot of times it has to be you can consume alcohol in a non place where they sell alcohol. Oh, okay. So not out. So you couldn't go to a restaurant and get your dad to order you a beer. Right. But, but you could have could... a beer with him at home. Interesting. Yeah. Except for there are some states where they're like, no, 21. Of course. It's 21. You can't do it. It's 21. Um, but yeah. Anyway. But I imagine that being at a high school party with no parental units around would. It certainly, yeah. Uh, would not. It not fall into the same category. Right. As having a beer with your dad after you have finished working on the car. Uh-huh. Doing other manly things on a hot summer's day. I do like put needlepoint. I do yeah, I do put manly in just a, so many air quotes it's actually kind of obnoxious. Oh, uh, I just pictured a, a montage scene where this guy is like fixing a car with his dad and then like going and working on their needlepoint with their beers. And I just think that's really sweet. Like they're just like Mm, beer or whatever you say. Yep, that's what I say. Necess- that's what I say when I have beer. <laughs> mm, beer. <laughs> James assumes there's a catchphrase for everything he doesn't do. See, ah, drugs. Mm. If I can, uh, if I can step that mental image up even yeah. more. First, mm. they're fixing the car. Then yeah. they're chopping firewood. Then yes. they're painting a fence. Then they're yes. planting some flowers next to the fence. Yes. Then they are cutting, like clipping some other flowers to go do floral arrangements. Yes. And then they're going to go get nice and clean because they are sweaty from all of that outside work and sure. like covered in pollen and stuff. And then they're going to sit down, crack open a cold one, and yeah. do their cross stitch. Of the floral arrangements that they made. Yes. We should write beer commercials. We really should. Honestly, <laughs> that's a really heartwarming mental image. It like, like you know, do it for like... um non-light beer just like regular beer like wholesome just yeah. like budweiser or whatever yeah the king of beers for your modern day kings yeah come on <laughs> honestly i can see something like guinness being more likely to do that yeah i can see that because sure. you know america runs on toxic masculinity an american beer company is not going to do that commercial yeah they say america runs on duncan it's not Duncan. It's toxic Duncan masculinity. Duncan is the name of and... the man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a guy named Duncan who is uh, just a horrible person. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so the cop number one says, exclaims, Jesus Cribs. Yep. Um, and I took some quick notes on, because uh, that, that strikes me as hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what's called a minced oath or a partially minced oath in this case, which is where you replace it's a euphemistic expression formed by misspelling mispronouncing or replacing a part of a profane blasphemous or taboo term to reduce the original terms objectionable characteristics um the cretan king radamanthus 
is said to have been, have forbidden his subject to squ- to swear by the gods, suggesting that they su- instead swear by the ram, the goose, or the plane tree. Socrates favored the Radamanthine oath by the dog, or with or by the dog, with the dog often interpreted as referring to the bright dog star, i.e. Sirius. Uh, Aristophanes mentions that people used to swear by birds instead of by the gods, adding that the the soothsayer Lampon still swears by the goose whenever he's going to cheat you. So you're like, yeah, I swear to goose. Did you say swear to God? I swear to goose. And then you can, like, rip people off because you didn't swear to any god. Um, Okay. So, uh... Jesus Cribs is is one of them. There's a whole if you look up the Wikipedia for minced oaths, you will find a cornucopia of amazing great like euphemisms for curse words. And uh when we talked about last time, uh, I revealed to you that zounds is a is a minced oath for God's wounds. Yes. Um which is fun. But uh yeah. Minced oaths are fun. I think that my new uh minced oath in lieu of just like yelling jesus christ i think i'm gonna yeah. yell serious black all right fine i like that it's like the dog star but you know brought back to earth and made even more specific yeah i'm gonna start yelling serious xm satellite radio <gasps> that's really good <laughs> that's uh, no maybe i'll do that too <laughs> that's really good you could probably get a sponsorship from them probably <laughs> um so then they, he says to load the sickos into the uh, wagon, and then we cut up to the back. Does he call it the wagon? According to the newly re-upped Scriptorama movie script, uh, it goes, Jesus Cribs, let's load these sickos into the wagon. Well, okay. Yep. Cut to Newsies, where these sickos are put next to Snyder. <laughs> Um, so then we're up at the bathroom where <laughs> Kenny and Denise are looking very freaked out. Yes. The candle got used. Mm-hmm. We see the contents of Kenny's backpack just kind of thrown everywhere. I don't think most of that stuff got used, but the candle has nah. been lit. The fragrance of love scented candle has been lit. They just did the candle. It's just they, they went through the bag looking for matches. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, there was a lighter in here somewhere. Uh, did you did you rewatch this? Or nope. are you just, okay, you're just relying on your notes from last time. So you- s- And my memory. And your memory. So you still have not seen the stitched together towel that they are covered with. No, I sh- if I'd remembered that that was a, a thing we talked about, I would have watched it again. Yeah. Ugh, so rats. this is a towel that is two towels sewn together. So they're lying, the first shot we see of them, they are lying on their backs on the bathroom floor covered in a towel. But it's a towel with a seam down the middle. And the first time I yeah. saw this, I thought, are they both covered in separate towels that are like folded in half and just touching one another on the fold? But yeah. then Denise like sits up and puts her shirt on. And in sitting up, she kind of tugs the towel and it doesn't separate. Right. So it is definitely two towels sewn together, not evenly. Like the tops of the two towels are like half an inch off from each other. Right. So it's not even, I, don't, I, I cannot fathom why they would not have just had either one towel laid lengthwise across their torsos. Yeah. Or both of them covered in separate towels. And when Denise sits up, her towel falls away, but Kenny's stays up by his chin. Right. Or 
I mean, I guess a sheet doesn't make sense because it's a bathroom. Well, I would have done an opaque shower curtain. Yeah, something like that. Because then you have an extra destruction of the bathroom thing going on. Although we do see the bathtub yeah. is like a corner, like a standalone corner tub. Oh, uh, so there's no shower. So the curtain. shower is probably has like a slidey door or something. Because this was the late 90s, so it was very definitely right. a slidey door with like brass plating. Right, 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 right. Okay, well. But you know. but yeah, an opaque shower curtain would have made absolute sense had there been a shower curtain in that bathroom. You know, Kenny could have brought a blanket. I mean, in what else? Like, that he had been, a lot of shit in been... that backpack. There should have been a blanket <laughs> yeah. to lay down because you don't know where you're going to bang. Exactly. Who you knows could be when banging on a gross up. bathroom floor. For example, just for one or hypothetical. Or the ground in a pool house, for, for another example. Right, exactly. Really, honestly, where did Kenny think he was going to get laid at this party? Did he think they were going to go upstairs? Yeah, I, I think that he was not thinking about that kind of logistic because yeah. I think he didn't truly believe in himself because I think that he was secretly uh, sabotaging these these things by because he still uh, wanted Denise. I'm not sure about that last part, but I do think that he was unintentionally... <sighs> Like subconsciously, purposely sabotaging just ev- everything about the yeah. whole night. <laughs> well, I mean, because he was scared for yeah. sure. Like that, that that's actually the the real non just hardcore shipper uh, yeah. answer is that he was being toxically masculine and immersed in it, but he isn't that guy really. He's just yeah. a scared little kid so which is understandable because i mean the first time you have sex like there's a vulnerability there that you haven't likely shared with another person and i mean a lot of people have like they've had other sexual encounters even if they have not had you know penis in vagina sex Mm -hmm. which by you know is what this movie is defining as sex right but like I'm getting the feeling that Kenny hasn't had that. I don't think Kenny's even had like a real solid makeout session. Yeah, probably not. So based on the stuff he has in that backpack that he thinks he needs for sex, I don't think Kenny has had anything that could be considered a sexual encounter. It's like he saw an article in like Spin Magazine by Prince Mm-hmm. And just like looked at Prince's background and was like, "All right, let's see. Okay, yeah, I'll just get all of that." <laughs> Fragrance of love, scented candle, random feather thing, bunch, just bunch of condoms, bunch of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> A mysterious clear liquid. I'll just pack. I don't know water. I guess I'll just do water. Writing crop. Yeah, that's <laughs> good thing. My little sister's an equestrian. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, folks, don't use a writing crop that has actually been used at a stable during mm. sexual activities because stables are not known for being super clean and you could get some kind of an infection. Is there a way to sterilize it? I mean, yeah, you could probably like wash it. Wait. Mm. Maybe just get your own sex crop and let the stable crop be the stable crop. <laughs> sex crops coming in big, coming in really nice this year. <laughs> Harvest time is going to be a, just a, a lot of work, but it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Bring in that. <laughs> it's a banner year for the sex crop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, We've been going for a half hour. 
he <laughs> that's what she said which she, i don't that no that is specifically not what she said because what she actually right. says is it gets better which she she's trying to reassure him she's trying to kind of bond with him yeah here's the thing i don't know much about um cisgendered heterosexual dudes but one thing i do know is that they don't like being accused of not being good enough at sex (laughs) if you're going to say anything other than oh my god oh my god that was amazing you've changed my definition of fill in the blank Mm -hmm. uh maybe right after the first time that you sleep with someone just keep it to like um you know just sort of nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was fun would have Uh been accurate i would hope i mean here's here's the thing it probably wasn't great sex right but i doubt it was bad because here's another thing that i know about cisgendered heterosexual dudes in general a lot of them watch a lot of porn and i'm willing to bet that kenny has done his research now yeah because here's the thing this one had probably read a lot of porn because the internet in 1998 yeah yeah Maybe Kenny has looked at a lot of still images of porn. But still, Uh like, Uh, I did forget that, (laughs) I did forget that it was 1998. But like, I don't know. I mean, nerds tend to do their research. And I feel like Kenny is at heart kind of a nerd. Yeah. I don't think that any guy who would pack the backpack that Kenny has packed would not do all of the research he could to find out how to be good at sex. I just pictured it. I have a new headcanon for Kenny right now because we don't get to see him in school at all. Mm-hmm. I have a headcanon where he is like this appropriative idiot boy, mm-hmm. but also a very good student. Because like he's I, going to UCLA. Yeah. So like... He's got to be a decent he, student. He's I mean, not an not... athlete. Yeah. Yeah. He. So he... I think that he's like he puts on Kenny Fisher for like his teachers mm-hmm. and like he's like kind of studying sometimes and like doing vi- like science fair projects and stuff. Yeah. That like kind of endears him to me a little bit more cuz it's like I don't know, I like a well-rounded character. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Kenny is maybe at You know what I can see happening? I can see Kenny going to UCLA studying like English lit and psychology and becoming a guidance counselor. Oh my God. Kenny Fisher, uh, like 35 year old guidance counselor. Yes, please. Right? I will watch that te- television show all the live long day. Yes. USA characters. Welcome. <sighs> Put it on my screen. Please. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he just assumes the vernacular of the person that he's talking to, to questionable success. Uh-huh. I would watch the hell out of that. Come on in, Essay. Don't say that. Okay. Please come in, Hector. (laughs) Yeah. Man. So. So, shall we do some social media? I think we shall. Okay. Uh, May I? You may. We are on Twitter as a podcast at J-E underscore movie minutes. Mm -hmm. We are on on podcast at (laughs) twitter.com slash scavengers the show we are on twitter as a podcast 
<laughs> at I said that for too long. We are on Twitter as a podcast at je underscore minute movies, and we can be found individually on Twitter at I can be found at unabashedly James. Nope, I can be found at unabashed James. And I am at unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, and we love being a part of that network. Um, you can find them on Twitter at ScavengersNet, and you can find them on the internet on our very special website at scavengersnetwork.com, where you can look at um, pictures of people on the network, look at shows that you haven't listened to on the network um, that you might be interested in, and uh, you can also go to the store and buy merch. We do have official Can't Hardly Wait Minute merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, designed by Lindsay Reed uh, as part of her Kelp Rabbit uh, design firm. Uh-huh. I hesitate to use the word firm with anyone that I actually uh, have interacted. Yeah. Yeah, company. That's better. Yeah. Less John Grishamy. Um <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> she uh, is not a nefarious business owner as far as I'm aware. Or a so lawyer. A company, not a firm. Or a lawyer, uh, probably. I actually Technically. Uh, maybe. Yet. So she uh, made a gorgeous design, and I think you'll really like it. So go check that out at the store, yep. uh, which is at scavengersnetwork.com. Yep. <sighs> and that is going to do it. Uh, this has been an incredibly well-edited and normal-timed episode mm-hmm. of Can't Hardly Wait Minute. Um, the great thing about uh, editing is that you can make something that maybe took a long amount of time seem like it took less than a long amount of time because... Uh, Time is manipulatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not our sign-off, but yes, time is manipulatable. Ta- time is manipulatable, just like honey, because time is honeys. Go hot dogs! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.